Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! He's bound to die, loaded up and trucking. Are we going to do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up, watch old bandit run. Welcome in, three dudes with a view. Thursday morning, our last show of the week. Uh, tomorrow morning, inside Middle Tennessee with Jim Ross. And. Uh, and we will be back with you on Monday. I am dude number three, Del Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. Are you still out there driving the bus? I'm driving the bus, yes, sir. ETA about two minutes. Woo. All right. Dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Dale. Good morning, everybody. All right. Now, today, uh, Debbie Matthews is a regular special guest, dude. But today we're having uh, Debbie Matthews, candidate for Columbia City Mayor. She's running against incumbent mayor Chaz Mulder, who is uh, was with us earlier this week on Monday for a full hour. And so, to give everybody a fair turn, today's Debbie's day, and uh, it's Debbie's day. Debbie's day. So, good morning, <laughs> so, Debbie Matthews. How are you? Good morning. People may not want to vote for me for mayor because you know I was complaining yesterday that. Um, the ice was on my car. And y'all were saying, well, we didn't get ice. This was the third morning in the row I walked out, and my whole car was completely frozen, too. And I was like, oh, I have left my sprinkler on. And it is sprinkled on my car all night and frozen solid. So I've had a workout this morning already trying to <laughs> – I made all left turns that I could to get here so because I couldn't see. Man, it's frozen. Oh, me. Yeah. Oh, me. So, anyway, good morning. Good morning. It is a great morning. And it just so happens that uh, today's Herald has uh, articles on both you and uh, Mayor Mulder. Yes. uh, Outlining your various positions and and whatnot. But I'm I'm looking here, and one of the things that they talk about is your decision to run and how you felt that the – uh, there was a contrast between the way the county mayor handled the pandemic and the city mayor handled the pandemic. Like night and day. Like the county mayor being Andy Ogles and, of course, the city mayor being Chaz Mulder. You know, the, uh, um, talk to us about that. Well, you know, it was an unprecedented time, right? And you had to make a decision on either you leaned into freedom and the constitutional rights of people or you tried to make decisions for them yourself. And so that was the difference between the county mayor and the city mayor. Now, as someone that was on the council from 2008 to 2017, where we said we're going to make the downtown an historic economic engine, I can honestly say if they had shut down our downtown, not allowed those people to stay open, we would have lost probably... 75% of those businesses. Because, again, I'm a realtor. I had to work in Davidson County. I had to work in Williamson County. And I had to work in Murray County. And you found the difference of what was going on. There are a lot of Nashville businesses that are not coming back. One of them was my favorite club called Douglas Corner that Jason played at all the time. You know, we. That's your husband, right? That's my husband. My husband's a pro songwriter. So we saw what a difference that it was.
was because Jason had a lot of well, his business was shut down. They're just now coming back. And the clubs that songwriters went and played were closed, and then they decided you had to have a shop mandate. Lindsay, um, on 3rd and Lindsay, Lindsley, that's a club, it accidentally got included in the mayor's list of what required a vaccine. 50% of their uh, club, uh, you know, people coming is still down. It's It's just dire. So yes, it was a big difference between what Mayor Mulder did and what Mayor Ogles did, and we were safer and and benefited from Mayor Ogles keeping us open. So yes. So So that that was involved in your decision to run for office. Well, yeah, because I'm a realtor, I had to be out in it, and I believe every small business if you have opened that and put a shingle out with your own money, that is an essential business. Ace Hardware or other small businesses are no different than Walmart or Lowe's. Actually, they're probably more essential than the big guys. And I just hated to see that happen. I hated to say our churches had to close. I just thought that that was not the government's place. You know, you make that decision for yourself. Now, you know, there was also when Chaz was on CNN. And again, this was June of 2020. My husband had just had throat cancer. So we were very, very cautious about exposure. So Chaz gets on CNN, and, you know, I'm sitting and watching my mayor, and he's talking about a mask mandate and that there needs to be a government department for a mask mandate. So I was like, okay. So as soon as his interview was over, I walk out my front porch, and our mayor walks right by me, two feet, having tested positive for COVID. He was telling the whole world his family was positive for COVID. But he walked right by me with this dog with no mask on. And it's like, laws for me, but not for thee. And I continued to watch that during his whole quarantine time. They're supposed to be masked up. They're positive for COVID. But they're at the end of my block playing basketball with no mask on. Again, I had a husband that just had cancer. We didn't know what was going on. But it was like, be consistent. Please, you know, we're trying to figure this out. So, you know, I was watching that through the pandemic. And, and of course, as an attorney, he can sit at home and do attorney things and write attorney bill outs. But the rest of the world sitting there has to man their, their own small business and be there to take care of business and their family. And a lot of people were hurt in Davidson and Williamson County from shutting down. So, yes, and a he, big reason. contrast that with Murray County. Yeah, because Murray County's revenues were up 40%. You know, Davidson County's were down 35%, and they're still struggling to get back to pre-pandemic numbers. So it was a big deal. People that I knew in Williamson and Davidson County were coming to Murray County to shop. They were coming down here to shop because we were open. And again, as a realtor, I would have people come to buy very high-end houses, and I was like, why are you considering moving to Murray County? And they said, because you're free and open. And I want to move where I can be free and it stay open. So it resonated with the state. And for all the things um, people have to say about Andy Ogles, that particular thing resonated through the state, period. Because he said, it's your decision. Stay home or not. Open your business or not. Wear a mask or not. You know? So mandates are still going to be out there. I mean, Yesterday, the CDC unanimously voted that the COVID vaccine is going to be in children's vaccines now. You know, these things are still on the horizon, and it's like, where does the government stop start, 
and where your personal rights begin. So we're going to be dealing with this for a very long time. And that's why I want to stand in the gap. I want people to be able to have their freedom. Okay. Mr. York? Well, you know, I look at it like this. Businesses are at risk whenever they open their doors. You can't guarantee they're going to have customers. You can't guarantee they're going to sell products. So businesses are always at risk. Some businesses work on a short rim. They have no contingency fund. Maybe they don't have any type of uh, employee pr- uh, plan if, if, if they don't sell their product or their service. So I think Mayor Molder did what he had to do in order to try to help people survive. If you've got a pandemic, we've, we haven't experienced in our lifetime a pandemic before. And, and from all angles, I see the pandemic could have maybe could have been handled differently. But you working on the basic knowledge of getting information as it comes in. So he made the, the decision to try to say, hey, let's try to protect as many people as we can. Let's not let people just walk around, mill around and do the things that they normally do because we got a pandemic. But that's and not chance to you. Some of the lives were saved in this community by him doing what he did. I'm not saying that that's not the case, but that's not your city mayor's position to take your personal freedom away. That's just not taking any personal freedoms. I mean, you you, he's got a responsibility for the health and welfare of everybody in this city. Jim, I want you to go and talk to the lady that owns Treasure, uh, the Treasure Antique Shop on Nashville Highway. She had the police show up at her door and tell her she had to shut down. If she didn't, she was going to be arrested. If that was the guideline, that was the guideline. Well, so you have city police having to go into a private business to tell them to shut down. No, thank you. No, absolutely not. That's not our police's place. That's not the city mayor's place. That is for them to make the decision on their health if they're going to stay open. Yeah, I, I'm strong about this. Yes. If that was a riot in downtown Columbia and the mayor implemented a curfew, would that be okay? <sighs> It depends, Jim, and that needs to be considered. You know, what depends you mean on what it depends. I ride. If, if there's a riot in downtown Columbia and people are battling, and he said, stop the riot, got the riot broke, and say, okay, we're implementing a curfew across this city. Okay, so I'm not going to take an imaginary thing, Jim, but I'm going to tell you something that was tangible and real, okay? There was a BLM rally here in Columbia, about 400 people attended. They were mostly unmasked in the city streets, and that was in 2020. Nine months later, the same mayor that allowed that BLM rally in the streets of Columbia shut down Mule Day. Okay? I don't know what the difference is because they were in well, the air in public. Did you go ask the mayor what the difference well, I, well, they shut down Mule Day 2021. Now, did that hurts. The all, mayor, why all of this. Did it? All of this is true that Debbie's saying about those two events. Yes. So the thing I, is, is okay. we want we want it to be consistent, okay? If you're going to let a BLM rally be unmasked and in our downtown streets, and that is okay, then what is the problem with Mule Day nine months later after the 
COVID thing has gotten weaker. You know, how much money in this revenue for this city was lost with Mule Day canceled in 2021? Let it not be forgotten. You human lives to money. That's no, ridiculous. a small uh, business all right, all right, is right, human right. life, Jim. Pur- a small business is human's life. That's not the purpose of this. But the, uh, well, uh, let her say what she's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you're saying one thing, she's saying another. And, you know, I, I get it. I get your position. I get Debbie's position. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'm I favor Debbie's. I favor Debbie's. I, I respect, you know, your opinions. Uh, the, but, um, let me also say about the BLM well, thing. But let's, and let's, let's point out something else here that just, yes. and I'm going to let you speak, Debbie. But uh, that year that uh, Mule Day was canceled, Mayor Ogles organized Mule Fest. Yes. Where we had some 19,000 yes. people in downtown uh, Yes, Columbia. and that was in May. And, and it, it was not masked, and we had it, and at least it got business some revenue back. And again, Jim... And, and if there were any negative health repercussions of that, I've never heard of it. Not a, not a word, no. Yeah. You know, and so the thing is, again, is to lean in the Constitution and live, give, not give people, you know, protect people's personal liberties. And, 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 and I'm going to disagree with Jim, and I'm going to say this as strong as I can. A small business owner... His business is his life. So when you say we're protecting human life, well, we didn't. Because those people have invested everything into their business. They have done absolutely everything they can. They're up walking the floor at night. This was why I was sort of coming unhinged yesterday with our guest when he said, oh, people need to slow quit. And it's like a small business owner, which is myself or my husband, where our feet hit the floor to work for ourselves every day to provide our own insurance, all of those things. We are around the clock worried about our, our, how we're going to do it. We're worried about our employees. If we if we don't make payroll, that's a stress like crazy. And then you've got somebody working for you who's your first director of impressions when they come to your business, and they're slow quitting. I'm, I almost had an aneurysm yesterday. So anyway, small businesses matter, and people's personal liberties to make sure that those businesses stay open matter. That's a huge thing for me and the, the main reason that I jumped into this race and planned it two years ago. Okay. let's. Uh, when you come back, let's see the other thing. I'm reading the Herald's article. You are uh, a strong supporter of impact fees. Yes. Plan growth. Yes. Um, and county city. Let's talk about all of those things. I all right. Wait. We will. Thanks. When we come back. Parks Motor Sales is Middle Tennessee's home for the best GMC vehicles on the market. Visit Parks at 919 Nashville Highway and test drive truck favorites like the GMC Sierra or Canyon. Or try a popular SUV like the GMC Acadia or Terrain. Parks also has a wide variety of certified pre-owned vehicles for every need. At ParksMotorSales.com, you'll see an extensive inventory, their latest deals, and servicing options. Shop Parks Motor Sales once and you'll agree. Parks, GMC, we are professional grade.
Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Have you been hauling your own garbage to the convenience center? Are you tired of doing it? Does your work schedule keep you from hauling it off regularly? Is your teenage son not taking it off like he promised when he got his driver's license? Do you have something better to do on Saturday? If any of these questions strike home to you, call the Garbage Man at 931-540-0919 and your problem will be solved. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Serving Murray County for 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has provided the highest quality jewelry at the very best prices. They work hard to make their customers happy, and it's paid off. Their customers keep going back. Quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. We offer jewelry loans up to $4,500, and we will buy your gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still the same. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder asking for your vote in the upcoming city election. Over the last four years, we've accomplished a lot together. We've seen record-breaking job creation and investment. We've made infrastructure improvements during a time of unprecedented growth. We've led reasonably and responsibly even during difficult times. And we've maintained our momentum while keeping that Columbia charm. But we're just getting started. There's more left to do. Let's be proud of our growing community while working to grow responsibly by ensuring growth is paying for itself. Let's continue with infrastructure improvements so we remain well-positioned for the future. Let's keep investing in our public safety and law enforcement communities so that we can remain a safe community. And let's continue to unite behind a common cause of wanting our community to be the very best it can be when it comes to living, working, and raising a family. I'm Chaz Mulder. I'm proud to be your mayor, and I would be honored to have your vote. Committee to re-elect Mayor Chaz Mulder, Tina Adams Treasurer. 
eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm eastbound up, watch old bandit run. All right, folks, we are back. Three dudes with a view. I am dude number three, Del Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? Doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. And dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Del. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. All right, we have a a, a special guest dude with us here. But she's she's usually here as a special guest dude, but today she is here as candidate. Uh, Debbie Matthews, candidate for mayor of Columbia, Tennessee. We had uh, uh, her opponent, uh, incumbent Chaz Mulder, on Monday. Uh, and uh, so to let people see both candidates, with this is this is uh, Debbie Mulder candidate day. Oh, Debbie Matthews. Debbie, uh, you, oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> Debbie Matthews, yeah, yeah. Chaz would have a heart attack. Oh, Lord. Liz, everybody is having a heart attack. Everybody has a heart attack. Liz is much younger and much more beautiful. Oh, uh, there we go. And uh, and Debbie, welcome. <laughs> so, listen, guys, I love being here with you all. And um, it just means the world to get to talk about Columbia and some things that went on. And before before we leave the BLM rally thing, okay, I have, I have to say this, because, you know, this was a process of saying, do I want to run again? Do I want to run again? But... So when the BLM rally was coming up, it was good. If people wanted to march and do their thing, okay. So my husband and I were on our way to Nashville. And the, and the BLM rally, not to be, be honest, though, I, happened in June, no, I the, went out and covered it. It was right? it was a, a very nice event. It, uh, You know, there was no violence or anything, not even anything close. Right. Uh, it was more of a, a celebration of right. – of, uh, Right, and it and it. I mean, they 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 were just nice folks having a big time, having a rally, right, uh, and no bad health consequences that I'm aware. of. No bad health consequences. So, but I want you to fast forward 72 hours from the BLM rally. Now, the city of Nashville, we had all watched there be riots in downtown Nashville. We also had watched Chip be surrounded for weeks in Franklin, where they were threatened threatened to bring chip down in franklin what's chip uh chip is the statue in the the square he's a confederate uh statue in downtown franklin we call him chip that's chip so and also there had been an antifa (coughs) threat against the columbia murray county courthouse okay so that was going on in 72 hours ahead of the rally so people were nervous my husband, we had just seen these two people in Missouri walk out of the front of their house with, with guns because people had marched down to the mayor's house. And of course, I lived three doors up from Mayor Mulder at the time. And again, Mayor Mulder had security almost around the clock set in front of his house because threats or whatever was going on. So everything was heightened. So three days before the rally, I called our mayor. My husband and I were on the way to Nashville, had it on speakerphone, and I said, Chaz, I'm calling you for two reasons. One, the rally's scheduled for 4 p.m. Can we get it moved earlier in the day just because mayhem and mischief start after dark? Can we not get the rally earlier in the day so we can get people dispersed before it gets dark? But the most important reason for moving it earlier in the day is because this particular Saturday was the first day that restaurants were back at 100% capacity. And I said, I hate for 
the protests to be blocking up city parking spaces at dinner time when these restaurants have white knuckled it through this to get people back in. I also knew that a lot of people, business owners, were plyboarding up their front of their businesses because they didn't know what was going to happen. And I know that there were several business owners in downtown Columbia that spent the night behind their glass, sitting there not knowing what the secondary and unintended effects of a peaceful protest would be. There was a lot of people nervous. My husband shuttered our front windows for two months. And so I know that one of my best friends sat in his completely overnight. Okay, So I knew, I asked our mayor, can we not move this a little bit earlier in the day, mostly for downtown businesses? So Chaz says, well, you know, Debbie, everybody loves that Columbia's got a young progressive mayor. And I'm like, okay. And they are don't like us because we have our we have our our civil war museum here and i was like okay and he said but it doesn't matter i'm not going to be here i'm going to the beach now i i took great pause in that because i get mad at ted cruz for leaving his place and not that things were going to get violent here but i think that a mayor with the heightened 2020 with the cities burning across this country if you've got something going on even if it's peaceful you should sort of stick around. So that was something that that I, I I just would have done differently. I would have done that differently. I would have been here just in case something went wrong. Now, that's all I've got to say. That is some way to differentiate between me and the current mayor. I would have stayed. So well, so and, and that's just my personal opinion, guys. That's my personal opinion, but that's that was um and you know and Ernie Allen handled his speech at the rally because Chaz wasn't here. And that's okay. But again, we had had a threat at the courthouse. We had seen what happened in Nashville. We knew, and, and Franklin, they were dealing with mayhem for, for night after night after night, uh, downtown. So I just would have done that differently than our mayor. I would have stayed in town. And that's, uh, to me important because our citizens were afraid. Uh, there, there were families that were afraid just because we didn't know what was going to happen. So, well, the unknown is always always unknown. That's right. But, That's right. But, and the other parts of the country, places elsewhere, things had gotten bad. Mm-hmm. But this rally in Columbia, though, uh, the folks who participated could not have been nicer. I know that it turned out it, great. It was almost celebratory. It turned out great. I, you know, they were smiling. They made speeches. They did uh, unmasked and, and, and in the streets, and, and it was great. But it, like I said, it was almost celebratory, and I. And again, I took it, or at least maybe I'm projecting. I, I took it, though. I, what I hoped that it was a sign of it was that, you know, right here in in this part of the world, in Murray County and surrounding, you know, I, I and I believe this. I hope I'm right. Things are different. They are different. And um, and listen, and it, it was great. Miss York's wanting to chime in here. Sure. When 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 you when you can't determine. Or you don't know your citizens, you make those type of decisions, you know. Which Chaz obviously made a decision. He did. He knew the people that was heading the march. The, the but he didn't know what could have come in and, with the march, and, Jim, afterwards. And he knew knew better than other people what type of citizens were conducting the march. Like, no, and like, that's like not Del the problem. Said. They were... The marches. There were so many positive, peaceful marches across the United States. The primary tertiary 
reason for march was normally peaceful it was the after hour mayhem that people came in to instigate trouble and we as republicans for the most part watched our cities burn and others democrats didn't see other cities burn so maybe chaz never watched the city burn that whole summer well he knew the citizens i think better than most it's not just the citizens it's not about the citizens jim i mean i've been I'm not sure that Chaz could have known, you know, who might who might or might not show up from out of town. Exactly. Which seems to have been one of the primary drivers of trouble yes, in these things. It was always but and so we was so, having said that, I just This is just a, a difference on how a, I will handle side, things and a, Chaz will handle it. A side remark that to, I, mean, I went down the end, the folks just could not have been nice. They were great. And they were almost celebratory. They were I, great. And I hope it means that our communities uh, whether black community, white community, or whatever community, and uh, Christian community, whatever, whatever, that our communities here in Murray County uh, seem to have something right. In exactly. Ter- in well, terms of getting and, along with each other. And, and again, you know. it's the secondary unintended effects through all of that summer of instigation late at night. You know, that was, it was and it was a difference of, of just how it would ha- would handle that, I was concerned about our downtown bil- buildings, our historic buildings. I was worried about business owners down there because they were worried. There was ply board up in front of their shop windows because well, there, there was know. definitely also there was definitely an overreaction. Uh, you know, an overreaction, I guess, among the white community. Uh, it turns out now, you know. Well, I, I, I but say, nobody knew. It, Jeff, turned, it turned out nobody. Yes, it did. Know, it was great. Other places around the country, it was terrible. You know, it was terrible in Nashville, forty-five yeah. miles up the road. You know, and, when they started approaching so, the Ryman Auditorium with but, Molotov cocktails, there was a problem. So, so. you know, people, it, it, the unknown scares people. And, and it does. The last time I was on Facebook, I was just joking around. I live out in Glendale, which is very close to Kellyoka, and. uh I don't get on Facebook anymore, but I, I, oh, gosh, I, 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 post, yeah, I posted on Facebook that there would be a Black Lives Matter and Antifa rally in downtown Kalioka, uh at 2 p.m. today. And that whole town about went nuts. Well, they had been watching cities burn the whole summer, Well, you you had a county commissioner that was really, really, really upset with you. Well, she was getting a a thousand calls. I mean, people were going nuts. Oh, they they thought it was, yeah. And you you were joking, Dale. Yeah, but that's not a summertime. I was joking, Mr. York. and, And I didn't think anybody in the world would be stupid enough to think that black Black Lives Matter and Antifa were really even knew where Kalioka was. No, but that I did, shows you how you know, people overreact. No, people but are I had their 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 democracy. There's a lot of people in this country that tend to overreact when they d- express their democracy. They don't want anybody to say anything, but when other groups express their democracy, they in up in arms about it. So, well, Miss York, I mean, I, I agree and disagree. I mean, in, in Kalioka, I thought that anybody would recognize it as a joke but other places around the country there were some very severe uh damaging rights where property and, and lives were lost yes and uh so that's people, a bottom line is the relationships that citizens have within their own community if you have a poor relationship then you're going to have problems when things come up you are if you've but, got a better relationship with your constituents then that 
seems to quell a lot of things that could happen. Well, let's roll. But, but let's, one of the hallmarks we saw in those Black Lives Matter, uh, where they turned dirty, uh, where they turned bad, people were hurt, property damaged, uh, was an influx of outsiders. Yep. It wasn't the people who lived in right. those towns. Nope. It was the uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matters people who came from the outside uh, to deliberately cause mayhem. Which there is, was some extremists that they caught in Portland that were breaking glass windows in buildings, and then when they pointed him out, he disappeared. And they disappeared. They were all dressed in black. They were Caucasians, and they were breaking windows when nobody was breaking windows. Listen, so, yeah. there's... Yeah, 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 it's not just in Portland. Those folks always, uh, almost always turned out to be from out of town. They've traveled... Yeah to these uh, rallies, which might may well have been otherwise peaceful in order to deliberately well, incite trouble. Let's All right, roll, let's get back to no, Debbie Matthews. Okay, but let's roll, let's, roll well, with, well, well, let's roll with what Jim just said about communities and knowing your community. So, right, okay, right. so one of, the mo- one of the most important things about community and knowing your community is having police officers and first responders or fire, but especially police officers, known in their community with seniority and taking care of 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 their community so that's what builds good community uh, relations right jim that's really important is is i think they ought to be patrolling on foot yes i agree because you need our community needs to say that's my police officer that man is here to take care of me that man there's to protect me and that is a beautiful beautiful thing one thing that we're having a problem with right now is retention in our fire and our police and it is because we are having having big city problems with small town pay and so we train and then we lose we train and we lose and jeremy also who's doing a fantastic job is still having uh um issues as ty's having issues of keeping people here instead of them getting trained here and floating and so when you talk about community relations maintaining our police force especially with that is very important we want people to stay here to be a part of the community long term so we got to figure out because we had to figure it out when i was down on the council you got to figure out how we can get this pay up so we can be competitive and keep our people here so they grow in the community with everybody else that is very very important so we've got a big problem with that uh you know i went back to check my numbers from the debate Okay, and I had taught and got my numbers maybe a couple of weeks forward, so I would should have said eleven people we lost within sixty days. But guys, I'm sitting here with a list that since January first of this year we've lost twenty firefighters, twenty. Okay, we can't keep doing that. Police, we can't keep doing that. We've got five cops on the beat at night. We need twelve. Okay, and now we've got another whole city of Columbia north of town with 20,000 building permits, and there's no cops and there's no fire there yet. And we're having a hard time in Columbia where the people are paying the bills today having their fire and, and police here to protect us. So that's the biggest thing we've got to work on in addition to getting growth paying for itself.
Now, where is, what is this north of Columbia you're talking about? I'm talking about the 20,000 building permits that the infrastructure's not in yet for all these houses coming in, all these people. They're going to have to have police. They're going to have to have fire. Are those city of Columbia permits? They'll be. The, well, we, we, county permits. The whole, we are looking at Murray County. There's 20,000 building permits that are coming in. Most of them are annexed into the city. So we are, we're the guy, if there's two but people Debbie, per you're house. you're making an assumption that we're going to have problems when people move in. They, they still have good. to have police, Jim. They they still the have police, to have fire you protection. You don't need a policeman if you got good, decent people. Okay, so so okay, so in Columbia, we're we not going to. We got to have schools. <laughs> we have to have schools. Have school but you also have. But yeah. the, the city of Columbia doesn't do the schools. They just cause the schools need. But they still have to provide police and fire in annexed areas of the city. And we don't have enough police and fire to cover our population today. Much less an additional minimum forty thousand people about to move in. This population has doubled, doubled in the last three and a half years with these permits. So we got to figure it out. We come back. Tell us how much you would raise the police salary and the fire salary. Okay, we'll talk about it. All right, and let's let's come back and talk finally about your vision for um, uh, growth, uh, impact fees, city and county cooperation. What needs to be done to address this growth that we're most certainly facing? So, see you on the other side. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Why do people trust Tills Jewelry with their jewelry repairs? Hi, this is Terry Tillis. We feel each piece of jewelry is important to our customers, and they deserve the utmost care with every item that is brought to us. Your jewelry is inspected when we receive it to determine exactly what repairs are needed. A photo is taken and documented, and then it goes to our goldsmith. Once the repair is completed, the jewelry is reinspected to make sure it has been restored to its original condition. Come see us at Tillis Jewelry, located in Columbia and Lewisburg. For 40 years, Beck Dental Care has been the personalized and comfortable option for the health of your smile. The caring staff maintains a high level of safety protocols and attention to detail. Advanced technology provides your choice of sedation and the best of dental implant solutions to restore complete oral health. Open until 6 p.m. two nights a week. Call us at 931-388-8452 or visit us online at beckdentalcare.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Get ready for... 
for cold weather with Hiller's Happy HVAC Comfort Bundle. Keep your family warm inside and out. Bundle an HVAC replacement system with a germicidal UV light and an extended 10-year warranty, and we'll include a free solo stove. Or get a free solo stove when you buy a whole home generator or water filtration and descaler. Plus, we're offering special zero-interest financing for up to 12 months. Book online at happyhiller.com today. Call the Happy Face Truck today. My name is Debbie Matthews, and I'm the Republican-endorsed candidate for Columbia City Mayor. Columbia is home, and there's no other place like it. And the city itself is special. But what makes us great are our people. And of course, we've known this all along. Now, the world has taken notice, and everyone wants to move here, so it needs to be protected. And that's why I'm running for mayor, and I'm asking for your vote. We need to control growth and make growth pay for itself. We need to keep Columbia free and open, protecting our small businesses and churches from unnecessary mandates. We need to keep Columbia safe by hiring and maintaining the best police and fire in the state. And we need an economy that works for everyone in a city and a county that works together. There's no time to waste. The future of Columbia is in our hands. My name is Debbie Matthews, and I'm asking for your vote for Columbia City Mayor. Paid for by the committee to elect Debbie Matthews Mayor, Ken MacArthur, Treasurer. He's bound to die, loaded up and trucking. Are we gonna do what they say can't be done? We've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. I'm he's bound to watch old bandit run. Okay, we are back. Three news with a view. We will see you next Monday, tomorrow morning, this time, this station. Jim Ross with Inside Middle Tennessee. Um, I'm dude number three, Delk Kennedy. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? I'm doing well, Delk. Good morning, everybody. And dude number one, Mr. Jim York. How are you? Good morning, Delk. Good morning, everybody. All right. <laughs> the internet is awesome. Yes, I'm is. just saying. That was awesome. And, and we've got... Um, what do you call it down here? Hell, we got fiber. Yeah, That's we, his internet, not ours. It's a, it's, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. But that was cool. I mean, it really sounded <laughs> I know. It's cool. like a sound yeah. effect. All right. Debbie Matthews. That's me. Regular special guest dude. Mm. But today she's here as candidate for mayor, city of Columbia, uh, election November 8th. Of course, your early voting's already started. And you know what the numbers were yesterday? No. Well, there's either, either it was 771 or 826 with absentee voting. So it's up up from like 500 at, at the first day. So it's a it's turnout's pretty good so far. Tiffany and I went yesterday. Yes, you did. I stopped and saw y'all. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Okay. Got it done. All right. The, the other thing that you and I'm just queuing off the Herald's really wonderful article uh, today. Uh, um, they've got separate stories about uh, Mayor Mulder, your opponent, and a story about you as well. Yeah. And I, would, I would recommend these today's paper to people to go to where they get, get a very um, good, two very good story about Debbie and a story about Chaz. And if you're trying to make up your mind, I think these uh, stories uh, in today's Herald would be quite useful uh, in terms of being informed as to what each candidate stands for and hopes to do and all that kind of stuff. All right. The last thing that we've not talked about, which is in the Herald article, or we've touched on it, Debbie, 
is that uh, uh, you do support impact fees for the county and you support uh, attempting to work together with the city and the county together uh, and you point out that um, uh, the city of Columbia at least within its borders or its proposed annexations controls growth yet the county uh, in Murray County some counties have you know a city school system Murray County does not in Murray County the city approves the bulk of the houses but the county has no say so and is has to provide schools right for the for that growth. So and this I'll, week the county so prepare you're going to open your mailbox and there's going to be a big county tax increase that is coming into your mailbox. I, I think Mr. McNeese said this week. And so I told Mayor Mulder, you know, again, the county had gone to the city and begged them to tap the brake. They the school board had gone to Mayor Motor and told them to tap the brake. And at planning commission meetings, you mean in terms of growth of and gro- permits just, issue. we got to figure this out because it's going to it, it it is a dire situation. We've talked about that before. But Mayor Motor, especially in planning commission meetings, he basically said, and he said in his state of the city address that schools are not going to dictate growth for the city of Columbia. And that is such a disjointed and disconnection from a county as a whole. It it it's, was frustrating to the point where people went and pulled back. They went and pulled uh, a thing to run for mayor against him because they were so upset. I mean, this is this. You cannot disconnect yourself from that. So I told Mayor Mulder in the debate these coming tax increases from the county lay at the city's feet. These are you have not addressed how yeah, we're going to talk, pay for We're this. talking about about a 30% property Th- tax. 30.57 cents additional property tax, property in, tax increase for and, it, and that is to cover the building of one school, not no. desk, not teachers, not anything infrastructure for that school, just one school building and, and we're five behind. So Yeah, we've got several schools. I mean, so we're just doing some rough math yes. the other day and I, Scott Summers was yes, former thank God budget for Scott, director. Yes. And, you know, it, the numbers are you know, you can be off twenty percent either way, right? Or even thirty percent, right. but it doesn't matter. Even if you're thirty percent, right. Uh, low, I mean, right? You're talking huge numbers. Yes, huge. Yes, and, and, I, and I just and like two hundred fifty million dollars worth of schools. Yes, in the next five and again, years. our mayor said and the property tax increase that we're presently, right. yes. like you said, is only build <laughs> one of those schools. Yes, one of the schools. And so when your mayor tells you that schools are not going to dictate growth for the city of Columbia, there's a problem. Now, I was on the council from 2008 to 2017, nine years, almost a decade. And when we did our growth plan, we said infill not sprawl that was what we how we wanted to grow infill not sprawl and now we've got sprawls we got sewer lines to nowhere except to developers and their developments okay and they're going to make a lot of money so until there was pressure there was no conversations from the city of columbia to say we need you to build a school if you want to build here you're going to have to build the school or you're going to have to give us land to build that school or you're going to have to give us land for a park or land for a fire hall and and they are so remiss not asking for those things and now there's twenty thousand building permits it's almost like a seat on an airplane once it's off the ground you can never collect on that and that's so in now, a city that has presently has fourteen thousand households right now we have a population from the last census of forty thousand people we have twenty thousand building permits 
if there's only two people per house, which you and I know, some of those are going to be more, that essentially doubles the population of the city of Columbia, and that has happened in the last three and a half years. We have to have a plan. We have to decide, do we want to be like Williamson County or Rutherford County where we eat up our farmland and we just continually build rooftops, or are we going to manage this in a different, smart way to where our property becomes more valuable because we have kept it charming and small? Now, the the tightrope is is that we want good investment, we want good growth and smart growth and slow growth. So how do we do that? Now, I have a good friend named Etzel Charles that has market data. He owns market data systems out of Williamson County. Etzel called the housing prices in 2008 down to the day. And his company goes into every county in this country every four months to count housing inventory. He needs to be front and center in front of the Planning Commission to tell us, are we over inventory? Because, guys, there is an economy adjustment that is coming that's going to help slow the growth a little bit. But if the inventory is too much, is that going to decrease our current housing prices? We've got to get in front of this as fast as we can and rely on good sources to have some data somewhere. And, yes, we need that impact fee. If you're going to slow growth, you've got to make it more expensive to do business here. They're still going to okay. do business. Okay. Let me let me slow you up just a little bit, okay. there, because you're talking about an impact fee. I am. And just so people might understand, uh, an impact fee is something that, you know, everybody goes, well, I'd rather for Williamson County do it. And I think, I think what, what did uh, one of the commissioners up there told me or my son that they're building five schools a year so in williamson county they collect I'm, enough I'm, 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 well, I'm almost positive that's right that no williamson county's building five schools and i a think year. their impact fee pays for one every three years i don't think it pays for one every year as mayor moeller said i think it's one out of three years but that's something we have to figure out but those impact fees all right but let, let me let me let okay. me pause you just okay. a little here because now folks the yeah. murray county Yes. Not the city of Columbia, right. well, but the city of Columbia, I right. don't know, maybe, but it, the impact fee, and, and we're talking about, it, they can be various amounts of money, but I think in Rutherford and Williamson, they go about $25,000. Right. And that money goes to the county uh, to uh, primarily to offset the cost of new schools. It's uh, infrastructure for for right. it, coming from new residential development about right. twenty five thousand dollars a house right and so Murray County went to the state legislature this last year and asked the legislature to allow Murray County to impose such an impact fee so we wouldn't have to have the property tax right. increase exactly that we've just had well, now. Right. The now growth should pay for growth growth now, hang, hang on Debbie okay so let me explain this to people so then you can okay. go on in context. The impact fee that you are supporting is not for the city. Uh, it's for the county. It's for the county. And it's for the county to build the new schools yes. so the county and the city yes. can get better synced up yes. for growth. Yes. All right, go, so let, now that we've explained that, I mean, there's well, a, there, you're, some might say, well, that's a little outside her lane. No, Why no, is she no. supporting no. A, a county impact fee? Well, as this, when we, I was at the city. Because she's running for city well, mayor. Well, yeah. as, as a city council person, it was a daily conversation that the city of Columbia and its growth was a reflection of our school scores. The schools affect everything. And as a realtor, I can sell Columbia dirt all day long because I love my hometown. And it comes through, and people want to be part of this special community. But then they go home, and they pull up. 
What is the crime in the city of Columbia, Tennessee? Just Google it. And then, and then you go, what are the school scores for Columbia, Tennessee? And so the Columbia City Council has been very aware of this. And so now... And so, of, I mean, the, the, the crime, if you, pull, if you Google it up, and this is true, Mr. York pointed out to me, and I didn't believe it till I saw it, the crime scores are high and the school scores are low. Well, that's because we can't keep police because we're not paying them enough, and we're not paying our teachers enough, and we can't... We can't educate our kids that we've got now. Now we have a whole city worth of people coming in with no teachers, no police, no fire, because nobody had a plan. I want to say it's just like a Democrat to do things and not know how to pay for it. So we've got to figure this out. Now, this year we went to the state legislature. It was Scott Sumners, who was the budget chair. It was the county chairman, Donnie Morrow. It was the county... um, Finance guy, Doug, what's Doug? Laconan. Yes, Laconan. it was him. Uh, it was the chairman of the school board, um, Michael Fulbright. And it was important that I went, and they asked me to go for two reasons. One, I was a realtor. And second, I was the chair of the Republican Party. And and it was very important to get Republicans on this because some Republicans considered that a tax on businesses. And so to have... The constituency and the full full uh, measure of the Murray County Republican Party behind this on how to address this carried weight. And so we went to the state legislature because we knew that we needed another revenue source other than property taxes to help us with this school growth. And, and exactly now, what was trying to be avoided was this 30% trial. Yes, yes. The, but, the purpose was to avoid the 30% yes, property tax increase yes, that we're having now. Yes, and I want to frame... I want to frame the missing name that did not go with us, did not utter a word in the paper, did not say, oh, I'm going to help until election time, was our current mayor, Chaz Mulder. A mayor could have given uh, given an extra push. You know, it, it was needed. We needed all to be up there fighting for this. And he was missing. And, you know, that's not a part of the team. He was approving these things as fast as they could go, not taking meetings with Eric Perryman, which he asked for, he sat right here in this radio station, told me that Mayor Mulder had canceled eight meetings with him and as he was going to stress the problems and worry about this massive amount of schools that are coming. Guys, this is, your mayor's MIA, and he says, I'm the city's cheerleader, and maybe he's he's dancing down West 7th Street, throwing rose petals, and it's all picnics and noodle salad, but it's not. You go a block either way off the square, especially on the east side. There's there's infrastructure problems, and especially they need police. We have got to figure out how to raise our first responders' pay first thing because we've got another city coming of population, and, and the taxpayers in Columbia, Tennessee, are not going to give up our police so they can go to the north end of town so those neighborhoods feel safe. That's not going to happen. So, Debbie, maybe the mayor wanted to be part of a nonpartisan group. Look like if you would have uh, asked more Democrats to participate in that, you might have got better results. I but think Delk and I you, and everybody were... As a partisan reason, as a partisan group. I don't know if Scott Sumners is a Republican. I know he was budget chair. I don't know the party of Doug right, Lugano. There there's, yes. there's, there's point, counterpoint. 